Welcome back to the Off Top Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm the one and only Agent Zero. <laughs> How you guys doing, man? Uh, run that back. Welcome back to the Off Top Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna change up the approach. Maybe just the length of the podcast. We're gonna reduce it to like it's gonna be between like 40 minutes to an hour and 15. We'll see how it goes. We we keep letting it drag on to like an hour 40, and then it gets too long. So we're gonna try and keep it consumable. Thank you guys for paying attention, watching, and listening to the podcast. Really appreciate it. Lo, why don't you introduce yourself, man? Yo, what up, podcast people? You already know who it is, the main character, Lo, hitting you back with another smooth and sexy, you know, little, little oh, serenading no, stop, you stop, real stop. quick with another podcast. You know what I'm saying? Are you uh, Lo ASMR coming soon, ladies and gentlemen? He's dropping on Spotify, on YouTube. Lo, that shit would bang. I'm just big, saying, big bro. facts, but big you, facts, big facts. Yeah. So, Lo, uh, not much happened since our last podcast, but there has been some drama, which has been interesting, of course. Uh, most notably, there was an altercation, and I know you heard, so I want to hear. What you, I have, Lo, I, I have this thing where like I don't like to ask you about shit, even though I want to ask you about shit, because then we're just gonna say it a second time on the podcast. So this is the first time. What do you think about the whole Draymond Green Tristan Thompson thing? Apparently, Tristan Thompson sucker punched Draymond, and then Cleveland fans got so excited that they're literally hosting a parade outside their arena in celebration because, of course, they didn't win anything. So they're like, and they lost LeBron, so they they lost more than anyone did this offseason, maybe aside from the Spurs. So let's. I want to get your take on it, my guy. I'm happy you. Fi- I'm happy you're finally admitting like the Spurs lost this offseason. Cause you know I know it was your guy. I, mean, I know it was your guy Demar and stuff like that. So I know you didn't want to. Ruin. That's not what I meant. I just meant they pissed off nah, the superstar player that was nah, supposed nah, to be there. I mean, you know I, what I meant, man. You know what I meant. Nah, but for a second you was definitely in denial. You was like, man, nah, nah, nah. The Spurs they won, bro. You was one of them people, but um, I don't know. I don't. The the um story behind it is kind of weird because it, it sounds like they um they were in some area or for some some vicinity and. They kind of got into an altercation. There's no real clear reason to why, uh, other than like this has been like an ongoing thing for the last like several months now, and I don't know if it necessarily started in the um the NBA Finals or this was something that has been brewing a little longer than that. However, there has been like video footage kind of popping up here and there, claiming that you know Draymond and um Tristan Thompson when they were trying to dap each other up after the finals had concluded. That Draymond went out of his way not to like, you know, show love to Tristan Thompson. So I don't necessarily know if that has something to do with it, but I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, it's, it is, it is kind of weird. It's also kind of weird that like both of them were kind of in the same like area. And I don't know why they weren't like expecting any tension between the two, but it, but I will say this. It is something that Draymond must have known that he did wrong because from my understanding, he was trying to go out of his way to apologize. <laughs> My mic is bugging out today, yo. Okay, yeah, I agree. Um, I feel bad for the Cavalier fans. I think we could both agree that unless something drastic happens and the next LeBron comes out that loves Ohio so much, he wants to go to Cleveland, they're going to be a pretty relevant franchise for a long time, like 95% of the NBA because they all, all the superstars like to huddle up on the same two teams now. It's 2018. I love it. So... I, I get it. I mean, I understand the enthusiasm behind it. On top of the fact that, I mean, we're, we're still kind of waiting for some pieces to fall. And nobody really has anything to be excited about. Unless, of course, you're a baseball fan, Lo. I, didn't, I don't know if you caught the Mets getting destroyed. Like, 
the the score at one point was like nineteen zero in a baseball game or something like that. It was crazy. I've seen it on Twitter. But yeah, it's it's reached the dry point where everybody's kind of getting excited about nothing because well you have to until the NFL starts up you kind of just stuck doing nothing. But a lot of people. I don't know, man. It's Tristan Thompson, bro. He he's going out with a Kardashian. Is that still happening? He was talking all that smack about beating Toronto, and then he's the same person getting beat down by the Warriors every single year, and 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 that's just the way it rocks. I love Tristan Thompson a little bit, but then I also hate him because uh, he be bringing some of this on himself. Honestly, also would 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 you press charges? I'm afraid of attacking people now, Lo. Did you know that? I'm genuinely afraid. You're like, a, but uh, you're but you're but you're afraid because you're you though. That's the reason why you're afraid. No, no, no. I'm afraid. No, because... no, no, no. That's that's the reason why you didn't. Okay, so this is what happened. I'm driving home and there was this guy. I I have a fast car, right? <laughs> and when you have a fast car, you you tend to want to use some of that speed so you accelerate off the light. There was a guy in a jeep who did a left turn when he shouldn't have done a left turn. Whether I was going slow or fast, it was unprecedented. And then he gave me the finger. Even though he was in my way, because he couldn't complete his left turn, because the guy's an idiot. And I literally did a UE, and I, I pulled up, pulled down my window, and I was like, yo, how the fuck? I was angry. I was like, how could you throw your middle finger when you were the guy who didn't have the right of way? And it, in that moment, I realized I can't attack the guy and get out of my car, because I'm going to get sued. And I don't have nearly as much money as these NBA players do, though. If I was an NBA player, I'd be so paranoid at every move I do because everybody's trying to sue you and get a piece of that pie. Every single person. Every female that you're with is looking for that bag. If you were an NBA player, chances are they might not be fucking with you. So I'm just saying, anytime I hear a story about somebody getting attacked, it is possible you get taken to court in civil court and, and they get rewarded like an insane amount of money for no reason. That doesn't even remotely justify the damages. That's just me, though. Apparently, NBA players like Kevin Garnett and they name some others, low that always get into some sort of physical altercation. Carmelo Anthony at times in his career. But as a, I just, I'll, I'll say this: as a, as a, as a basketball player like Draymond, can you can can you charge? Can you get away with charging somebody, or do you have to keep up with the tough guy persona? You know what I'm saying? Like, this, can can Draymond Green charge somebody? Like, if you're if you're somebody else, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I, I don't a, know. Do you I think, think he has a tough guy persona. I, I don't think, think so. I think what? Well, yeah, because he's the only one. I mean, uh, I mean, really, he's really the only one. I was about to say Demarcus, but Demarcus just kind of got there. He's the only one on that uh, team Kyle that's kind of yeah, 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 yeah. He's the only one on that team that's kind of like built up that type of reputation of being an enforcer or doing something that's like dirty and being physical on a defensive end. And if you go out of your way to call the police, I think that does kind of change no. your reputation and your image. Bro, he's not calling the police. He's suing him, man. Or even suing. I think he also has a reputation for being like a, a goofy guy. Isn't that a goofy thing to do? Right? Like, he's going to get petty and do that to you. So, all right, let's take it to court. Right? Yeah, yeah. And if it's outside the scope of basketball... It is possible that someone... In fact, even if, like, remember when they had that whole brawl with the Pacers and everything? They could technically get sued for what happens in a basketball game, right? So, if, for example, let's play you're playing football and I tackle you. I can't sue you because that's in the scope of the game. But for let's say we start throwing hands, like fist to fist, 
and then you get some sort of neck injury. At that point, you could sue me because that, that had nothing to do with football. That was just you losing your emotions and physically assaulting somebody. And so, I mean, it'd be difficult to, I guess, oh, I don't know how you can claim damages for what happened with Jamon, but I just think it'd be funny and incredibly petty. And I think more than anything, Jamon has a reputation for being petty. So if I was him, I would have already thought about it. I don't know if I'd pull the trigger, but it'd be on my mind just a little bit. I don't know. I just, I just feel like, I feel like Draymond can't call the. He, I mean, not, not. I mean, you would actually have to call the police because you would have to file a report. Because there would have to be some type of report, police report, if you're going to sue them. But it's, it's not like you call nine one one. It's just you hand in a couple documents. No, nah, you can't. You can't. No, no, no. You can't hand no documents in. You can't be the. You can't be a tough guy, and you can't pump your chest in the NBA and think that people are going to still go around respecting you to an extent and believe that somebody's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's that's the guy who... You're the guy who... who like, you're the guy who went out of their way to go through a whole police report and... Nah, that's OD. Nah, you can't do that. And, and, then, and then going to court, like, that's a whole process. The fact that you would do all that... Nah, 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 nah. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> You will look crazy. Dr- hey. Draymond will look crazy as hell. He can't do that. Draymond cannot do that. He can. And I think it'd be funny if he did. Even if it was just like a bluff, I think it'd be funny. In other words, uh, in other news, though, do you know how like a couple weeks? No, it wasn't even. It was like a month ago. We were talking about how, for whatever reason, the Bucks brought back Brandon Jennings. They gave him like a $2 million minimum veterans minimum deal. And I was just thinking to myself, considering how inefficient he was last year, and how inefficient, really, he's been his entire career. I don't know why they would do that. Apparently, it was a non-guaranteed deal. So they cut him and they added uh, another player to the mix. But uh, I guess this is likely and maybe sad to say because there was a time where everybody thought that Brandon Jennings was going to be the best guard out of his draft. And I believe Curry was in his draft, right? So this is likely going to be Brandon Jennings' last time. Last year would have been his last time we see him in the NBA. And... And it's tragic. I guess that's the way it goes. He's probably going to find some success if he just hops on to a Chinese team or even a team in the EuroLeague. But uh, Brandon, and he's played in the EuroLeague, right? Brandon Jennings is one of the first players who didn't want to go to college and he skipped to uh, playing EuroLeague to make some money. So he's a hustler. I'm sure he'll find a way, but RIP to that guy, man. It's crazy because there was a moment, low where Curry was the guy getting injured all the time. And we thought, oh, man, like he could have been so good. And now he just continues to get these season-ending in- injuries. And then Brandon Jennings was that guy. And he was that exciting player. And it's almost like the roles have switched. And he's going to be he Was he ever really, truly excited? Dude, he was, man. I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like Brandon Jennings is like one of those players that people kind of like overstate his importance because I really I never really viewed Brandon Jennings as that good of a player to be honest with you are you uh are you trolling me right now or I'm dead serious he was he was vastly inconsistent what what Va- overall would you give him at, at his peak or like right now at his at, in his prime of course in his prime Brandon Jennings was probably a 78 are you saying yo He's not even in the 80s, my guy. No. You're boosting, bro. He's at least like an 83. Eight, at no, least. he's not. He's not. That's that's the problem right there. That you think that Brandon Jennings is actually like a really dope player, but he's not. 
I don't know if he was dope. When you look at his statistics, it doesn't look like he was dope. But when you watched him play, it looked like he he could lead a he team if you tr- let him. Right now, he was trash, bro. So who's he, better in their prime? Lead, Isaiah lead, Thomas but lead, or lead where? Lead where, though? Because you're saying... Lead him to the eighth seed. <laughs> but I don't even think he could really do that. I think a lot of the reason why he was able to... um. Get to wherever he needed to get to is because he was on. I think he was on solid teams, like back when he was on um on a team with Monte Ellis, and even before then when they had Andrew Bogut. I would argue that Andrew Bogut was a would have be, was a better player on that team, not not um not uh Mon, not um Brandon Jennings. All right, man. You don't even feel kind of sad that he's he's gone now. Oh no no no, that's some- yeah that's I mean that's that's messed up. I mean. It it is messed up, but I mean, again, there's a reason it's, why he's he's out of the league. He's 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 just not good enough. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just not good enough at all. Okay, I think the main story in this off season has been the Rockets. Uh, they made moves to get Carmelo Anthony. Apparently, though, they're interested in getting Jared Smith. So apparently, they're looking for all the most streaky players in the NBA, all on one team. On top of the fact that they already have inconsistent players on their team. Especially in the playoffs when it comes to James Harden, who is their star player. First of okay, so I'm trying to see a situation in which it makes sense to take J.R. Smith's contract. The only way that makes sense is if you're giving away Ryan Anderson. But then you have to think, why on planet Earth would the Cavs take Ryan Anderson considering they have Kevin Love, who is a better version of Ryan Anderson? And Kevin Love already has a D's contract. So... I'm not sure exactly what the Rockets are trying to do. They might just be trying to hit the home run, just try anything to try and get some sort of talent, add add some level of depth. But I and, and on top of that, they haven't signed Capella back. Lo, how is this going to play? No, out they did. For the they Rockets? did. They did. They did sign Capella. They did sign. When Capella. they signed Capella, and for how much? Man, you all, what's up with you? You you, you don't know what's oh, going on. Two days ago, he did still. You know how how you a how you gonna be on a basketball podcast and not keep up with the NBA? My guy, it slipped my Twitter feed. Houston oh, Rockets great. agreed on a five year ninety million. So he he said no to a five year eighty million, but he agreed to a five year ninety million. And I got I think, I honestly, notifications. I, so I, I believe that I believe that he was um I think he was just running out of options, and I think that I, he had to just settle for that because I really don't necessarily know like where exactly you were going to like get for him from another team i think i said i, I stated this i yeah, i think i stated this before i don't know if he was here or on twitter but somewhere but i believe that clint capella he got he just got lured into the idea that he was going to get paid a lot of money because in previous free agencies especially after the huge spike there are players who are not of the caliber that he is who are getting paid or getting offers that were you know, higher than what he got offered or roughly around the same amount of money. And so I thought he was expecting a lot of money. And what what's happening now is that a lot of teams, since they overpaid a lot of players, and I, I just believe that there are certain players in the NBA right now who are, who are vastly overpaid simply because of that spike. Because they're now overpaid, they're a quality team that don't have the money to actually throw at a player like Clint Capella that is so outrageous that it would force Houston not to be able to pay him. Because if if you're a team that like for real for real needs a big man, but you spent so much money over the last two to three years on other players because you thought that you know things were going to work out for you salary wise, as, as a lot of people were expecting that the salary is going to keep spiking up, 
Unfortunately, unfortunately, there's a lot of teams that are just in a situation that don't have the, the revenue anymore. And I think that the Boston Celtics have done a fantastic job and, and they've made little to no hiccups. But I think they're somewhat of a good example of a, of a team that's kind of overpaid for players. Like I think paying um, Gordon Hayward max money, that's too much for Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward, he's just not a, a max contract guy. But the reason why they gave him that much money is A, they knew they were more than likely going to have to match the Utah Jazz in their pursuit on trying to keeping on trying to keeping um, Gordon Hayward, and B, they just probably assumed that the, the salary was going to the, the salary cap was going to keep hiking up, and so it just wasn't going to make that big of a difference. So, I, I mean, I, I think that Clint Capella, he's a, a really really good player. I would even go as far as saying great player, and he played a, a massive role on what they were able to do defensively. The, the salary, in my opinion, isn't crazy, but I think what he was expecting was going to be more than that just because he saw what other teams are getting. Also, I will say this as well. If you are Dallas, why did you... I don't know why Dallas was so hard-pressed on getting DeAndre Jordan but not Clint Capella. I don't understand that. I think DeAndre is better offensively. Wow, that's a really good bargain for Capella. I'm just thinking about this. That's what I'm saying. It's, yeah. It is. It's a good. It's a really good price. But again, I feel like if if because Dallas just got DeAndre. DeAndre's. I know for. I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm trying to look at it right now. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure on how old he is. But he, he has to be older than um Clint Capella. So if if you're if you're Dallas, I just don't know why you were willing to spend that much money on DeAndre Jordan, who's going to be 30 um sooner than later. Yeah, I'm looking at it right be- now. He actually just. He just turned 30 a few days ago, actually. So DeAndre Jordan is 30. Clint Capella's in his mid-20s. I mean, I, I know I know there may be a little difference here and there, but they basically do nearly the exact same thing. Why would you not go after the younger player who has a higher upside than DeAndre Jordan, who you're signing to a, a contract that's going to last for an extended period of time, and by the end of that contract, he obviously won't be valued the exact same. I, I that That's the part... I just don't understand. But if if I am Houston, like you said, it's actually a solid contract for Clint Capella, his age and his upside and what he actually means to that team. So that's a, that's a huge one for the Rockets who are kind of on shaky grounds moving forward into this uh, free agency. Capella was kind of left without a choice when you think about it. If he takes his qualifying offer for like around $5 million next year, he's missing out on like a potential 10 to $15 million he could have got if he just signed the contract. And then he would have to bet that he played so well this upcoming season that he'd be getting more than $10-15 million to just break even on what he would have got if he just signed the contract earlier. And so considering how young he is and the CBA with seniority, like you would really like, I don't know how you're going to convince a team that's going for a championship at that point that's already kind of grasping for space considering they're locked up with Ryan Anderson to give you that max money. And so it's it's a win for Capella. It's a win for the Rockets. Wow. Jeez, Lou. I cut up, bro. I've been at my parents' house so much these last few days. This gets me happy because if Capella left Houston, it would have been 100% Golden State is winning the championship. But with Capella back, there's at I least... Still, I, still, I still feel like Golden State is going to win a championship. I do too, but at least there's a chance now that, you know, Houston could come up on top, especially if... They just buckle up, play that same defense they've been playing, but get some more offense consistently. 
But yeah, just just think about this, Lo. When you think about how much centers like Mozgov is being paid, DeAndre Jordan, even centers like Joakim Noah is getting paid just as much now as Capella is. Yep, So exactly. there's a lot yep, of teams yep. that were willing to take risks on average centers and pay them big money just to secure them. And to keep in mind, a lot of the time they were like, the Lakers didn't have to do that with Mozgov because the Lakers can get players all the time. They're the Lakers. But for smaller teams, like, uh, was the Trailblazers that signed Alan Crabb, right, to like $18 million a year? So sometimes they don't have a choice but to overpay players. And they saw an opportunity where it was less risk averse. And so they took the shot. But now it's not paying off because all that cap is tied up paying all these average centers. And now you have Capella, who's a defensive anchor. And offensively, he's, I'd, I'd say, solid. He's not great or bad. Really, the only but they don't. But they don't. They don't really. They don't really need him to be great or bad. I mean, that's that's the that's the probably that's the best part of Capella. They just don't need him to be great or bad. And because he's not, he doesn't have any expectations that he'll be getting touches offensively. Like if he goes ten possessions without a touch, he's not going to. Unlike Carmelo, go in the post game conference like I'm not. I'm not sitting on the bench. He's very willing to play his role, and so. I feel like he deserves. A, I, I was worried he might have gotten overpaid, Capella, but at that price, I, I think everybody's happy. Oh, I was, I was, I was kind of, I was kind of, I was. I'm just kind of surprised how low it is because I honestly feel like there's a lot of teams who could have used Clint Capella and what he brought to the table, and so I just don't know why other teams weren't willing to go after Clint Capella because in my, I mean, honestly, for the amount of money that he got paid. I'm kind of even looking at the Lakers like, why not just go after Capella? And, and not necessarily because you, I think that Capella is well, that Lakers, great of no, a player. But other teams. The Lakers are trying to keep, like, max money. But I understand. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But I, I, not, even, not even because I think Clint Capella is maybe even that great of a player, but just to keep Clint Capella off of a, a team that possibly is contending. No, no. You know what I'm saying? I don't think anybody works like that, though. I don't think anybody is. Mm. I think people are more there's, there's, on there's their a, team. There's been a there's been a lot of articles claiming that the reason why they got Demarcus Cousins, well, part of the reason why is because it took them off of a contending team. There's there's been a lot of, and I'm not saying they're they're true or not, but I I definitely feel like that should be part of the conversation if you are a team like the um if you're a team like the the uh, Warriors who may feel like at some point soon they could potentially be losing their grip on the NBA. I I feel like taking a player off of a team, especially a team that could potentially challenge you moving forward, yeah, I, th- I think that could actually be a smart move for them. But I, I mean, I, I mean, why would they be the one to take the shot, right? Just think about players aren't liquid. Like, I could sell stocks tomorrow, right, on the market. But it's going to be tough to, con- you have to build relationships and find a team it makes sense for. And if it doesn't, sweeten the deal and give up more. And it takes time more than anything. What you're saying would make sense if this was like my GM, and I could just trade a player, put him on the block, and he's gone the day of, right? This makes sense, my GM. I, I don't think it makes sense in real life where it's more challenging to move players. Well, I I'll, I'll say this. I'll I say this. Heard... I'll say this. The reason why it may make sense because how much money, especially because how much money Demarcus signed for. If he had signed for a ridiculous amount of money, then you're right. Then it, it, it may not have made that much sense. But for the amount of money that DeMarcus Cousins end up signing for, it may have actually worked in their favor, in my opinion. So if 
if Houston had a 0% chance of winning the finals without Capella, what percentage does that go up to now that Capella resigned? And, you know, Jared Smith rumors are there. They're definitely, I think this will be the year they finally hustled to move Ryan Anderson. Um, and I'm curious what else they're going to have to give up to convince someone to take him. Because he, remember, when they shortened their rotation down to seven in the playoffs, he was barely even playing, right? Unless somebody well, was that, incredibly that's, tired. That's, that's really the key. They have to convince a team not only dumb enough to take on Ryan Anderson, but also dumb enough to believe that Ryan Anderson is a quality player in, in today's NBA because there's no way that you can convince a, a, any really anybody to take on a Ryan Anderson contract for the amount of money he's getting paid but then go on a playoff run where you don't even play him. Like that that is that is the key to trying to figure out what to do on Ryan Anderson. Um but I mean I don't I don't necessarily know if that's a big problem unless there's something that's very lucrative on the other end of it. Because even if they lose Ryan Anderson, financially speaking, there's so much over the cap that they could lose Ryan Anderson and still be over the cap. I mean that that's how much money they have invested into this team. So I don't I don't know what team is willing to go after Ryan Anderson. Um I don't he's just not he's not athletic enough. He's not you know big enough, strong enough and his contract he's not an expiring contract. They have another year with him. So maybe next year we could easily see him move around especially if you're a team that's trying to get off of some some bad contracts or maybe move in a different direction. A great example it would possibly be the um the um Toronto Raptors. If the Toronto Raptors are in a situation where they have some contracts that are kind of left over from where they are right now and they're just trying to move off of those contracts and willing to take on an expiring contract to kind of move forward in a different direction. I could easily see that happening. So they but but basically saying Financially speaking, it's definitely going to have to be another year until he's on an expiring contract. Until then, they need to make sure they put the value back in him by giving him some minutes. How many minutes they're going to give him, I don't know. I think he's a quality player to space out the floor at the power four position, but athletically and on a defensive end, he's just a liability. So that may end up hurting you more than it actually helps you. But I don't, I just don't know how, how much in a, in a hurry they are to move him off of their books because there may not legitimately be no real options out there for him to be moved off the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, while you were talking that whole time, I was trying to think, because we, we brought up that Ryan Anderson contract, which is bad. And I was thinking, like, who who has the worst contract in NBA history? And, and I was just trying to, I was thinking really hard. And the best player I could come up with, and this might not be the worst. I know Joakim Noah's up there, and I was considering like putting him up there. Someone tweet me, who's the worst contract? I had Gerald Wallace, who's been steady finessing teams for like the last 10 years of his career. Has When he was on the Celtics, dude was getting paid way more. Are you, are you talking about recent history? I'm just speaking in general. But obviously, I wouldn't know the contract details 90s prior, because I was born in 96, but... From from when I started watching basketball, like 2000 till now, I think Gerald Wallace might have had like the worst contract, and no Noah's up there. Noah might even be like a top five worst for no, 18 it, it million. Would, years. It would have to it would have to be it would have to be Gilbert Arenas. He, he didn't even play. <laughs> it, it but they used to... they used the amnesty on him, so I almost feel like I can't even put that on the list because uh, I don't know. I don't mean, as, as long as you, they still paying him. It just doesn't show up on a salary cap. They're still paying him though. That's a good point. Gilbert might be the biggest. Uh, 
It's and no that, might. That was... It ain't no might. Gilbert, <laughs> Gilbert, I mean, when you get to a point where you're not even playing for the team, and Gilbert is like, man, Gilbert was just last year. I don't know how it is set up now because so, I may be mistaken, but Gilbert is still like going around bragging to like, oh, yeah, they still paying me. I'm like, God damn, you ain't even been in the league for the last <laughs> like four or five years now. And they're still paying you. That's cr- so, that's crazy. That's crazy right there. Would you put because that means at that rate, you, you should really be putting everybody who's ever been on a stretch provision on the list. But I almost because when I think of like the worst contracts, I remember Gerald Wallace being like a stranglehold, right? Because he was getting paid so much, and he wasn't really having that much output. And so you had a player that was supposed to be a star but wasn't really performing like one, and so the team couldn't make the moves they could have that they, they were trying to make. But when I think of Gilbert, because they did the amnesty, I mean, they still paid him the money. He got a whole lot of finesse. But when I think of the worst contract, I mean, one one that hurts the team. I, it sucks and it hurts that they used their amnesty clause on the guy. You only have one of them between 2010 and 2020, but that might be the worst low. Nash, maybe. Nash in his final years played the minimum amount of I games love, to get that I money. I love, you know, it's still crazy. I love how nobody doesn't bring up Nash in this conversation or or, re- or really any conversation. Do you remember how he owed the Lakers in that year with Dwight and Kobe? And you know what's so funny about this? Because people act like if if Kobe had taken like this significant pay cut that they would have had enough money to bring somebody else in. They failed to realize that that they were still paying Nash like nine million Plus Pal Gasol, like 19 million. So even if Kobe hadn't or had not taken the pay cut, they really didn't have that much money to pay anybody else. But I think people just forget that like $10 million of the Lakers money was legitimately taken up by Steve Nash. I think people legit forget that. Which is, to and me, it's, it's the craziest thing in the world, but I think people legitimately forget what Steve Nash did. And like you said, before this man Steve Nash was like legit like this man Steve Nash straight up told him like yo man look I'm, I'm just gonna play my minimum amount of games and get this get this check that's crazy and nobody doesn't bring that up nobody never says anything about how Steve Nash legit played the minimum amount of games just so he could get paid nobody never talks about that which is wild to me it was a, it was an incredibly interesting year. Nash had a lot of like I believe it was nerve issues in his back. So yeah, yeah, yeah. every time that he would be healthy to play, in a couple days it'd get aggravated again. And you could just tell by his age that like he should have been retired. He shouldn't have even been in the NBA that year. But who's gonna say no to a ten million dollar contract? So that year, I remember there was a lot of controversy. A lot of people were assuming that Nash just wouldn't take the money. And I'm just thinking to myself, like who who are these people telling him not to take the money? If you're an NBA player, are you just not going to take $10 million? I don't care. I know a lot of people just think NBA players are rich out their ass and they don't care about money and they have so much. And It's $10 million, yo. Most of us will never see that amount in our entire lifetime. So yeah, he's going to take it. And I remember closer to the end of the season, he literally forced himself to play a game just to meet that minimum requirement. And then he was eligible to get that full amount, and, and nobody was... and nobody talks about this. This be low key pissing me, be, pissing me off. But nobody talks about what you're talking <laughs> about right now. No, everybody swears ups and up and down 
that the reason why the Lakers couldn't rebuild, it had more to do with Kobe. And I'm, I promise you, even if Kobe had taken half of the money that he eventually got paid, they still wouldn't have that much money to pay anybody because they were paying Pal 19, who at the time was still fine. But they were paying Steve Nash $9 million, which is crazy. Like, nobody don't talk about that. And Steve Nash legit was like, nah, cuz, I'm just going to play these games. I'm going to play these games. Don't worry about it. I'm going to play these games. And legit just allow Steve Nash to just play games until it got to the point where he was like, all right, I just, how many more games? Two more games? All right, bad, bad, bad. I'm going to pay these two more games, and I'm out of here. Crazy. Craziest thing in the world, but yeah, they got it though. So I, I but that's not. But ten, but ten, but tell me, but ten million dollars isn't enough to be put on that list, though. It's not. So do you remember when? Just to put it in context, it'd be as if Chris Bosh. Remember when he got that massive contract, and then he had um. Well, he had those heart issues. What was the condition called? Uh, Joakim Noah had the same thing, right? No, it was Anderson Virgil that had it. Yeah, it, I don't know what I don't know I don't know what the condition is called, but I know it's it's a blood clot though. I know. Oh, it is clot. yeah, blood clot. You said it. Okay, so it'd be if Chris Bosh played the minimum amount of games required just to get his dough from Miami, even though he had a blood clot. You know, even if he's playing, that you much rather play with somebody else because he's not going to be in the best condition. But it's almost as if that. Which low? I I did some research just to find out what the exact amount was that he was supposed to get paid. Did you know? So if let's let's say like. If you retire in the middle of your contract, you can do that legally. I mean, it, it kind of fucks the team over because you agreed to be with them for a certain amount of time. Cap is tied down. Then you just decide not to be there. But if you retire, you're not getting paid for the remainder of your contract. But because Bosch had that heart condition low, Miami decided to waive him. And anytime you waive a player, you still have to pay him. So Chris Bosch is getting paid the remainder of his $52 million contract. And, and the, here's the funny part. So... This guy called Albert. It looks like a beat writer for the Heat. Uh, he put out this tweet said, Chris Bosh will be paid the $52 million left on his contract in 120 bi-weekly installments of $434,000. You heard correctly. For the next... How much? What is that? For the next year, every two weeks, Bosh is going to get a check for $434,000, which is like... Can you I imagine? Ain't just- lie. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> That's the move. That's the um, move. First of all, that's a class act from the Heat. They signed him. And do you remember when Bosch, before he resigned with the Heat, there was a lot of rumors he was gonna go to the Rockets because they had a really big chance of winning a championship that year, especially if Bosch went there. Um, anyway, the whole thing went down. I'm just. Uh, it makes me happy, man. Hey, shout out to the Heat. Hey, that's how you treat a player right there. Low-key, they might even give Bosch like 0.5% of the heat or something like that. I don't know. But they said they retire his jersey and everything. But I'm just making Oh, they are? They, they going to retire his jersey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the, that's the move right there. Announces jersey will be retired. Yeah, so it is guaranteed. Never mind. It's not a rumor. Yo, that's the move. Yo, shout out to the heat, yo. Because I, lo- okay. I low-key, I low-key, I, I just, I hope. Bosch doesn't get like forgotten about when time pass pass by. That's the one player I I think that that's I think it's gonna happen regardless. But I just I hope it doesn't happen because I definitely feel like people are just gonna go back and those Miami Heat runs and they're gonna look at like Bosch's like stats and think that they have like an understanding on what Bosch did. 
when a lot of people just they don't have an understanding of what Bosch did. In he was like the perfect player for the situation. If you could, you couldn't convince me that CB4 we seen in a low post in Toronto was going to turn into like a, a spot up shooter with LeBron James, and you couldn't convince me that he would turn into that. But he was able to adapt, and any good player does. Uh, and he won championships doing it. So yeah, you're right. That was an exciting. I, I didn't like the Heat because I was a Kobe fan, but it was an exciting team to watch. And it kind of sucks that he had to go down like that. But I'm glad he at least got to see some success. It'd be tragic if all that happened with the blood clots before all of his successes and championships. Worst way to go. So facto, facto, facto. Joakim Noah's in the mix. I don't think I'd put Mozgov in the top ten worst contracts. Although, like, you know, it might be up there. Is there any? Is there any players in the '90s you'd put on the list? Because I don't know any ridiculous contracts um, in the '90s. I don't even got, know what the cap space was in the '90s. They got hurt, like, because there's there's a bunch of players who end up getting hurt in the '90s. That like, nah, like, like, like they. Well, like for for example, the the uh, Orlando Magic went out of their way to basically tell Shaq like, you know, we're gonna get this money to Penny, and then like literally the next season, Penny got hurt. Like that happened, which is kind of wild, actually, when you think about it. Like I know that Sha- happened. Shaq's whole career has been like drama filled, every destination, and he's been to a lot sure. of destinations. I saw a, a video on Twitter. Stephen A. You might have seen it. Stephen A. was interviewing Kobe, and he was asking about how Shaq. I'm, 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 the, I'm the one. I retweeted it. I don't know if you saw it from me. Nah, I saw it on someone else's Twitter. But yeah, I, 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 retwe- I retweeted. Oh yeah. Shaq's even as, as successful as he was, his whole career was a series of what if questions. Like what if this didn't happen or this happened? How how would have everything played out? That guy could have at least gotten like eight championships, bro. Dead no, ass. he could, he couldn't. He couldn't. Dead he ass, couldn't. yeah. He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't. If he stuck he, with Kobe, he no, he couldn't. He couldn't. That's a you know, it's crazy. That might have to be my one of my next videos because. Shaq couldn't win eight championships. Yo, low-key been making some bangers recently, man. I caught something on my recommended today. I don't know. I forgot what it was. It was one you uploaded in the last two days. And I was like, <laughs> only Lowe would think of a video idea like that. Which one where I said the... um The free throw shooter one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free throw shooter. What yeah, if yeah. the worst free throw shooter in NBA history made his free throws? <laughs> That's a fact, though. That's a fact, though. That's a fact, though. Oh, what kind of shit is that, man? But Shaq, uh, Shaq, you know, Shaq couldn't because Shaq. God, I don't want to really. I don't want to shit on Shaq, but like, if Shaq was really is is, if he took it serious, then yes. But I think a huge reason why they got they got they split up is because Shaq didn't take it serious and Kobe took it serious and Shaq didn't like people calling him out on his shit. That's so just my Shaq opinion. is Shaq is like CD in the third, and Kobe is like Ninja. Is that what you're saying? Like Kobe I don't know a, what any of that what you just said, but yeah. Kobe is like the try hard, always taking things serious. And CD in the third, Shaq is like always he's really good, but like he's just playing around, he's having fun with it. Fantastic I guess fantastic analogy. It's just that it's just that Shaq Shaq was able to get away with a lot of things because even if he just rolled out of bed and wasn't trying, he could he was still gonna be like, you know, the most dominant, you know, big man in the Isn't NBA. Isn't that crazy? Just think about that. There are people that try their whole life to make the NBA, and a massive majority of people never even come close. And then here we have Shaq, was apparently just not even trying. Not not that he wasn't trying, just that he wasn't trying 100%. 
And he was still what we would consider the most dominant player in NBA history. That's wild. That is wild. That's very wild. For as big as he was, when you go back and watch those clips, the dude looks incredibly athletic. When you see him jump up and you're like, how does he get that height with that weight? The amount of, like, I need to know who his strength conditioning coach is. That guy needs an eternal contract and a massive one. Because I don't know if it was just jeans, man, but that's wild. Yo, Lo, I have to talk to you about this because, oh, this is what I wanted to talk about. Dude, I know you heard about LeBron's school, man. I was going to talk about that too, yeah, LeBron's school, yeah, yeah. Yo, not only is man giving away bikes and helmets, he's literally paying for hundreds of students' college tuitions. And this the school is like nothing I've ever seen before. There's only like, I believe like 400 or so kids and I believe it's fourth and fifth grade students. But when you just think about through all the years, all the stuff those students will get in, it's at-risk kids that get an opportunity to go to this school. And it's just, yo, that shit made me so happy, man. When you think about like how Jordan never really went out of his way to do any sort of work the way LeBron's doing. We don't know that. We don't know that. But I mean, yeah. maybe he did it privately, but he most definitely didn't do it publicly. I still don't. I don't know if Jordan. I don't know. Just. I don't think he I'm did saying, it we, <laughs> I mean, but we don't, I mean, we don't know that. I, I always say this though about Jordan and, and this is the reason why I don't really hold Jordan to whatever standard that people believe they're supposed to hold him to. The reason why a person like LeBron is able to do what he's able to do like this right here is because of Jordan. The money right. that's going to fund, and this, I don't, I don't even really like having this conversation though because it's, it's bigger than, it's bigger than basketball. It's not even like a basketball thing. It's just a man giving back to his community and, and, and putting kids in a situation to be extremely successful. But a person like Jordan, um, being able to be somebody who was a, a player who showed the, who, who kind of paved the way to a lot of ball players to get money outside of basketball. That is how. LeBron is funding this because the amount of money that LeBron is getting paid in basketball definitely is not enough to kind of put them over the top with the, while, while doing this. There's there's no way that he's doing LeBron it through his foundation, so it's not like he's funding all of it. But he's the not money- fund. But even but even the money that he is funding though, it's not his. It, the money that LeBron is going to use to to do what he's doing, it has, it's not going to be his basketball money, or if if it is, it's going to be a small amount because. He just could. He could not do what he's doing right now if okay. Michael Jordan didn't open it. But I open think the doors. point is that Michael Jordan paved the way, especially when it came to uh, shoes, clothing. Just when it comes to making basketball shoes fashionable, like the thing everybody wants to wear. Everybody grew up wanting to wear Jordans, right? If your mom gave you a pair of Shaqs, you were throwing them shits away because you wanted the Jordans. Uh, and so I think, although he did pave the way. I don't think he did it. I don't think he did it to to be like some sort of philanthropist. I think he did it selfishly, and there's nothing wrong with that. Hustle, grind, get your money. Although we talked about the players who uh, we were just talking about players who went ahead, got their money, and got some of the worst contracts in NBA history. But he did it for himself. I don't think he did it thinking he's going to pave the way so that one day a player can come through and then do something even bigger. I don't think that's what he was thinking. I think he's just crediting him altruistically for something he did selfishly but it's um the only only reason why i disagree is because he demanded nike 
to also put him in a situation to where he could ha- he could own his own part of it and then go out and then sign other players to his own brand as well. I don't know who they have. Westbrook. They just cut Kawhi. I don't really I mean, know. I mean, regard regardless of the names that that's on it, it's not like it it would have been one thing if he just had Jordan Brand and then he didn't extend the Jordan Brand to other ball players. He has continued to to push this forward. But that's and, that's and done it's, selfishly it, too. That's at I no point. Think, I don't think it's I don't think it's done selfishly. I think I think he I think and I I mean again we, we neither one of us know, but regardless if it's done selfishly or not, it still had a trickle down effect to where we are now. And I think that every everybody's pushing for what they feel like is their their piece of the pie, which is also a part of, of where we are, regardless of if it's Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and Magic Johnson doing it purposefully, or it just so happens to be a part of where we are right now. But but them pushing the NBA in the direction that we are now, because God knows in the early 80s, it definitely was not where it needed to be. And by the time the mid eighties to nineties had rolled around. Jordan was legitimately carrying the NBA and making it a global market. That is something that, and again, I, I'm not knocking on what anybody else is doing with their platform, but if there wasn't a Jordan to, to magnify and solidify a superstar status outside of the NBA, there's just, there's no, cause it, there is a limitation to how much money that you can gain just from an NBA contract. But it's it's not just Jordan, though. When you talk about basketball internationally, although it might have started with the Dream Team, and that's how a lot of people outside of North America began to pay attention to basketball, you could think of players like Kobe Bryant, who... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know. And I, I want yeah, to be clear, because this is the reason why I don't want to make this a Jordan and LeBron thing, because you're right, there are multiple other players who've also played a role in this. Kobe Bryant, like you said, I don't think he gets enough credit in the conversation either when it comes to his name and the conversation of pushing the NBA in a certain direction that aided anybody, really, in getting his own... um of, of getting that own type of that own type of uh, recognition outside the, outside of the league. So, yeah, let me, let me be clear about that as well. I'm not saying that it's just... A, a Jordan and LeBron thing. And again, I don't want to make it seem like I'm saying that. I really don't even like having this conversation, but there were, all I'm saying is there were people before, before, before LeBron that put LeBron in a situation to do whatever he wanted to do with it. That's I don't, like, again, I don't like that argument at all, though. That's like saying Summit 1G paved the way because he was a big streamer. He was one of the first to do it. And that's like, but he never really did anything at the scale of what Ninja's doing. For a lot of these charities and donating money, running these events, and he's starting his own foundation. It's literally but the exact same thing. But we don't. But we don't. Thing. But we don't. But we don't know that though. That's that's the that's the problem with with your conversation is that we don't. No, know I that. understand that, but I think the reason Jordan got that criticism a lot is because when there were issues and he had a platform, he never spoke up about it. But you could see players like Chris Paul and uh, LeBron James making statements by wearing T-shirts. There was a moment where Chris Paul said he wouldn't play. What? But see, but, but let me or let me let me ask you this: What does that do? Because I also think that we're just in a in a generation now where people feel like that is going to do something of significance. It going does. It si- is significant. But but wait wait. But what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is this though. I think that what LeBron has. I think what he has learned throughout his time in the NBA, especially when you're dealing with things that are 
that that are culturally relevant outside of the league is that you cannot allow other people. You can't just sit back and allow other people to control what, what may or may not happen. Sometimes you have to go out and do it yourself. And a great example of that is what happened in the presidential race last, last time with Hillary Clinton at the very what? last second. <laughs> Wait, I, 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 let me, let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> when, when, when Hillary Clinton waited to the very last second to go to Cleveland and cause she thought she just had it and Cleveland was a swing state and it actually went in favor of Trump. And so LeBron is probably thinking to himself, yo, I can't just sit back and wear t-shirts or just wait on Hillary Clinton to do what she want to do. I need to take action in my own, my own community and build up my own school and do that. There may be a part of Michael Jordan who's probably saying like, look, I'm not, I mean, what is wearing a shirt really going to do? What is, what is me just saying something really going to do? Or that was I the can worst analogy the- of all time. Boy, I, I can. It's not really an analogy. I just think I think that's probably probably what happened. I think this is another big reason of what LeBron is trying to do. He's trying to get on on good terms with the public schooling in Ohio, and what? that right there will also put him in good terms Why? of what will happen. Why does that matter? Because if you let me you let me finish, I'll explain. I think what LeBron is trying to do is I think he's trying to get I, really. I think he's trying to gear himself up, and I think it's very obvious at this point. He's trying to gear himself up for post NBA. And I think no, that him, no, him, no. him Dang, putting a school, him putting, him putting a school in Ohio allows him to be a part of different aspects of his community without him actually being in Ohio still. And I think that it allows him to have a say so in his community without relying on politicians like he may have been attempting to do so in previous years. And so what I'm saying is that there are people out there. And I'm not necessarily saying Michael is this, but it would make sense that Michael was probably sitting back thinking that, yo, I don't like me wearing a T-shirt, me wearing socks, me doing whatever, wearing the the color pink. Like, that's not really doing anything. I'm going to it take is, my man. money. It, it, but, take, but I'm saying to some people, it just they don't view it that way. And to some people, they just m- much rather go out and do it themselves or they just find people who know way more about whatever they're trying to fund and just give them the money and let them and just back them and just be a sponsor to the, to their movement and what they're trying to do. I just, but I just think there's other ways to grow outside of always be on, on the forefront and being the face of something to sit here and to say that, Oh, I'm, I'm politically active. There's just other ways to do it as well. And nobody doesn't know if Michael Jordan is doing that or not, because I mean, I have I just have a hard time believing that Michael Jordan is just sitting back and he has millions upon millions of dollars and he's doing nothing. He's just doing nothing with the money. I have a, I have a hard time believing. All right, that. I get that. Like they, they not everything is public. He might be doing stuff. But the the thing is this: when LeBron puts on a T-shirt, like when LeBron gets on a commercial and drinks a can of Sprite, the reason he gets paid millions of dollars to do that is because all these little kids are going to pick up a can of Sprite and drink that shit because LeBron did. Lo, that like short, that Lakers shorts that he was wearing when he was sitting sidelining, you remember that video where he met Ingram for the first time or whatever mm-hmm. since they were teammates? Th- thousands of people were trying to purchase those shorts just because they saw LeBron wear it and it looked fly on him. But I'm, but I'm asking you, what, is, what does that do though? But that's, yeah, I'm getting to it. When LeBron puts on a t-shirt 
or he refuses it. Whenever he makes a stand using the platform that he has, it influences people and it brings awareness. It's twofold. He's one of the most influential guys on earth. If he feels a type of way about something and says something or makes a statement, it's going to be heard. And some people are going to agree with it. Some people are going to disagree with it. But as an influential person, you have a lot of power in doing something like that. So I think the reason why Jordan didn't do a lot of that throughout his career and why he's seeing some of that criticism now is because it's polarizing, right? You have people telling LeBron shut up and play basketball because they didn't like what he had to say about how he was supporting the NFL players kneeling. So when a player makes a statement like that, it's polarizing. Brands don't really like it because at the end of the day, brands just want to make money. But LeBron James decided, I'm not really all about the bag. I want to do something nice. And he's going to piss off some of the people that used to like him because they would they disagreed with what he had to say about that certain thing. Whether they lose respect for him or they don't support him as a player anymore. He's willing to take that risk financially and in terms of his brand. But Jordan wanted to be that likable person. If Jordan never said anything controversial, ever made a statement, then he wouldn't have to ever worry about that. And so he could always get go ahead and but get sure, that but back. Sure, but again, again, you're just assuming, though. That's all I'm saying. Obviously, we this whole podcast is assuming. We, we don't know the details when it comes to contract negotiations or why a player went to this team instead of this team. I know, That's but what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is when it's something this serious, I don't think assuming, assuming something what? like that isn't... Assuming something it's like that... It's not assuming... It's George. It's why else wouldn't somebody speak out given the platform, right? Maybe there's maybe there's a chance he just doesn't care, right? But I think the bigger chance is if, for example, I put out a tweet. Uh, I put out a tweet. I was I was at the. I told you a story, but I went to the Peter spot. There was a drunk guy that called me the N word with the hard R, and I put out a tweet about. It. I was like, Yo, that's crazy. He just said that. And I wasn't tripping, but there was some black guys at the Peter spot. See, I hear this shit all the time online because there's little white kids that think it's cool to use a hard R. And I hear it a lot in Rainbow Six especially. But the guys in that store were like baffled. And they literally wanted to fight the guy. And I put out a tweet about it. And I got a, I got a text from one of the people that I work with. I won't say who, but he was like, yo, you should remove that. Because even though it's funny or you didn't really do anything wrong, brands aren't really going to look at that. Well, so that's... People, if I get that call and I'm just little old 700K YouTuber, you better believe hundreds of millions of dollars. These guys that have massive networks, one of the biggest personalities and influencers are getting those calls too. And, and, what, I'm, LeBron, and, what, I'm, and what I'm saying is that there's people before LeBron who may have had to, who put themselves, maybe even really put themselves, but A, definitely didn't have the same platform that LeBron has now. So that that's A. And, and B, they may have not have been as vocal and worked to a situation to where they can put people like LeBron in a situation to where we're going to elevate the game and NBA players to a point where you can say whatever you want because you don't have to really worry about the amount of money that you're going to lose in the process. We're going to take the, we're going to take the fall for what eventually is going to help players be vote more vocal about what the league is going to do. Now, I will say this. I'm not 100% sure on Michael, but I know for a fact Isaiah Thomas did that. I know for a fact there was multiple things that Isaiah Thomas did not say in his career, but he's, he's came out and said it multiple times that the reason why he didn't say certain things is because he wanted to build the brand of the NBA and his own brand to a point where he could make it 
uh, um, we can make it a very credible argument that players can be their own brand and make so much money yeah, outside of the NBA that. that they wouldn't have to be concerned with whatever somebody else so said. So I understand and so, that. If you're a yeah, rookie, that's what I'm saying. it's yeah. one thing, but like Jordan was the biggest player in the world at one point. Kobe was the biggest player in the world at one point. And now LeBron is the biggest player in the world in terms of NBA. You could, you know, boom, Agent Ronaldo. Okay, relax in terms of NBA. I'm just saying that I'm incredibly happy that LeBron is being vocal. And you're right. Michael Jordan could be doing stuff on the low. And we would never be able to know. There's time. I don't broadcast the times I donate. But Fredo does. <laughs> so that's what I was. Just, I was about to say. I I donate. I've done charity work multiple times, and I don't go out of my way and so say. I, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I I definitely don't do that. I definitely don't do that. I I get that. So like, Fredo will pull out the camera if he gives a homeless guy one dollar. But if I'm donating money to a certain cause because something fucked up happened, which, go which to me is wild. That's that's wild. So the, like, yeah. Yeah, that's so, wild. to a certain extent, any person donating and doing it publicly in the back of their mind is doing it somewhat selfishly. Even if at the core they're doing it to help people, it is eventually going to help their brand. And if you talk to LeBron's agent and you're not recording and you're just going back and forth at the bar, he'd tell you building a school like that is great for LeBron's brand. And it might be worth more to him to build that school, even including all those expenses, just because of how much goodwill it builds. With everybody. Who could be opposed to something like that? Right? So I, I get that. I just think... I'm just happy that over LeBron's career... I used to hate the guy because I was like 10 years old. And I was like, I hate LeBron, but I like Kobe. And then as you grow up, you're like, ah, you can't really hate anybody. I don't really know him. And now I've kind of reached the point where I'm like incredibly grateful of all players that LeBron is the guy that's at the forefront of the NBA. And then when he does things like build a school like this... And then he goes out of his way just to really provide those kids who never would have otherwise gotten the opportunity. That opportunity is just like, you know, it just makes me smile, man. And anybody who's speaking negatively about it or being like, first of all, you can't use that as an excuse for why LeBron's the greatest of all time or why Jordan is the greatest of all time or isn't. That's just stupid. But we could all sit here and appreciate that those two guys, uh, especially LeBron, used his platform for absolute greatness i like the guy man oh man i would love to just sit down and talk with like kobe or lebron that would be that would be magnificent just to pick their brain anyway but again um but yeah like i said before i really don't like having that conversation because it shouldn't really be a conversation i mean i I, I between the two but i uh, but again it has nothing really to do with it doesn't really had nothing to do with LeBron either. It had nothing to do with LeBron. It had nothing to do with Michael or who was a better basketball player, like you said before, because it's it's way bigger than basketball and it's bigger than uh, Michael and it's bigger than even the kids that he's aiding in the process. Because hopefully this will become a trickle down effect that will potentially affect multiple people in their lives, even outside of the uh, of the of the Ohio base that he's attempting to. It'd be uh, help crazy out in that process. If there was uh, some NBA players to come from that school, that would be wild. Can you imagine, though? Hey, I used to, I went to LeBron's. What did they call the school? I forgot what they called it. Uh, it you know, just, ah, man, that'd be awesome, man. That'd be a story to tell right there. Anyway, uh, well, this I'm happy guy right here, I'm, happy <laughs> I'm smiling. Can you hear me smile? By the way, I ain't go, anyway. but that I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. When I heard that as well, I, I smiled. I was I was happy for it because I was like. Yo, this is that. That's like that's what's up. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's the move. That's actually something that's 
extremely positive, extremely constructive. That's something that that should aid everybody. Like in the like, I, I don't know. I was I was giddy about it myself. I was like, Yo, this is this is the move. This is actually this this should hopefully provoke certain people to to think more positively and and push people in the right direction. Because I I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every moment of it and, and reading about it and. And got really uh, motivated myself about it, and hopefully it will it will aid people as well. So, you know, I like it. Yeah, Shout out to Bill Gates and LeBron James, mega rich people, just like tossing away their money at people who need it the most, just in building their foundations up. They don't really have to do it. There's plenty of I lo- people love to villainize like billionaires and like hundreds of millionaires because they have a lot of money. And you don't really have shit. And you're like, oh, how is that even fair? Right? And then some people like to make the argument, especially when the CBA expires and there's a lockout. The athletes have enough money anyway. Why aren't doctors being paid more? Which is like, listen, you agreed to be a part of a capitalist society. And now you're mad at what the market is deeming valuable or not valuable. You're, you're acting ridiculous. Right? So they have the money and they have a platform and they're helping folks out with it. Well, uh, we should end the podcast on this note. This, this, I love this length. Bro, I like the length that this podcast is at right now. I was about to say, that sounded a little suspect, yo. Nah, it didn't until you said that, by the way. Yeah, it sounded a little suspect. Hey, y'all. Um, IGTV. Man, if they don't get out of here with this vertical, man. I'm low-key trying to, like, get on Instagram. But, like, IGTV is bugging right now. It's a separate right app, from what I heard. It's not in the Instagram it's, app. It's a... No, it is an Instagram app. You can like directly go for it. It is a separate app, but there is like a button that you can literally just go from Instagram to IGTV. But if I want to watch IGTV, I would have to click on the app. I can't click on Instagram and scroll through and find those long. No, yeah, you can. You can you can go to Instagram and literally at the top there's a IGTV button. You can click on that and it will directly take you to IGTV. And it is it's connected. No, I understand that. But it's not in the same timeline is what I'm saying. It sends you to a different location to watch that. I guess. I mean, because I didn't. I didn't. You don't have to actually. You don't have to download the app to go to IGTV. You don't have to. I was watching uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. He was trying to get into IGTV, and his team was telling him about it in some of the details. And he was kind of disappointed that you can't just watch IGTV the same way you watch other stuff. And then I immediately thought, like, wow, I didn't know that. Lowe's gonna be disappointed about that because <laughs> I know you was trying to get into that. You don't even really it's... make like long ass videos, though. You could, but you see, could. I want I I. There's plenty of like ideas that I have that are like, like three four minutes long. But I'm like, that's obviously not great content for YouTube. So I was like, IGTV will be perfect for that. And right now, I know that we're definitely like going on way too long. But ba- I'm saying all that to tell people out there, I've been wanting to get on IGTV and Instagram to kind of build something over there because I feel like there's definitely a community. The NBA community over there, even though they're extremely ignorant, it is a very large NBA community over there that I would like to tap into. IGTV is just so stubborn in the idea that they want to allow you to upload horizontal, regular ass content and they want everything vertical. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life, but you can, no, you can, you, you can literally like, you just, you don't have to download IGTV. You can just go on Instagram. It's in the top right hand corner. You click on it and it's actually even connected to your Instagram because all of the people that you're following 
it, it will immediately just show you who you're following on your Instagram. So everything yeah, is connected. That's a fight. You know that, right? They're really gearing up to fight YouTube with that. Yeah. Oh, no, no. It, it definitely is. That's the reason why I want to get on it before it kind of takes off. The, and you know what else is even crazy is that, it, yo, you, I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. Because I believe that it could work out, but there's obviously some massive kinks with it as well. I'll, I'll just say this. I'll just say keep working on it because I, w- I would not mind being on IGTV. I really would not mind being on IGTV. Are you assuming that Instagram executives listen to this podcast right now? Yo, Instagram executives, <laughs> keep working on IGTV, man. I think I think it's a I think it can be legit something nice, but they they bugging over there. <laughs> hey, if you guys enjoy listening to the podcast, drop a five star. Uh, we'll be back in about three or four days. Yeah, I keep messing up the upload schedule. It's on me. I'm busy twenty four seven apparently. Um, the only time we get a chance to record these is like at midnight, which is the time right now. Anyway, I like this length. We're going to keep the podcast around this length. Hopefully not go over like one hour and 10 minutes. And, uh, that way it'll be more consumable. I know I like listening to podcasts this length, so we'll leave it there. Lo, any last words? Um, my player of the pod is LeBron. My player of the pod is, uh, Gerald Wallace. Oh, wow. It can be LeBron too. It can be LeBron too. Okay, Gerald Wallace and LeBron for very different reasons. We'll catch you guys in the next podcast. We're out. Peace. I'm glad we just came to recognize that that's just my phrase now.